your home of the pins and the best pins covering. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart radio station. Break the wall! Can't find my notes. Here they are. The Post-Gazette had a big column on Love You on Bell today, and it points out that he's, well, schizophrenic. Recently, Bell just said it's hard to be a hero in a time that makes you a villain. But just a month ago, also via the miracle of social media, Bell tweeted how Pittsburgh took him in and made him a man. And he wants to, quote, finish the rest of my career in Pittsburgh, unquote. Yeah, as long as they pay you $17.5 million per year. Ha! Lev Bell is just a stupid idiot. He can't even win an argument with himself. Yo, Lev, do you love Pittsburgh or hate Pittsburgh? Did we take you in or have we made you a villain? Make up your mind. You simple-minded pothead moron. And hey, Lev, guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Marks Plumbing. Caught on a name you can trust. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. But that's to talk to me on the show. Did it again. To get a hold of Matt Mertz Plumbing, 412-367-0815, they will satisfy, and I do mean satisfy, all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. I love this Lev Bell story. It's the gift that keeps on giving. He's going to miss OTAs and minicamp and training camp, and you will bitch about it all the time, and it makes for an easy three hours. Once again, that number, 412-333-9939. I got to give a little salute here to a guy that some of you may vaguely remember. Tom Kostopoulos of the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins will retire at the end of the 17-18 season. That's this season. Uh, Kostopoulos had a few cups of coffee with the Penguins, but mostly he's a career minor leaguer. Played 19 years of pro hockey, and most of those with Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Uh, anybody who can play hockey for a living for that long and compete as hard as Tom Kostopoulos did uh, deserves the respect of anybody who has even a remote connection to the game of hockey. So uh, salutations and Godspeed to Tom Kostopoulos, who, given the style by which he played, had one of the greatest and most fitting nicknames in hockey history, Nonstopolis. So, uh, again, congratulations on a fine career and a life well spent in hockey for Tom Kostopoulos. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Susan in Latrobe. Susan, you're on with Double M. Double M, how are you today? Good, Susan. Listen, hey, have the Pirates ever gone 4-0 with Andrew McCutcheon? I'm not going to say that they're a better club without Andrew McCutcheon, but no, I think the last time they started out 0-4 was back in the 50s when they had Ralph Kiner, the greatest Pirate ever. <laughs> I mean, you're not visiting the Pirates doing well on Kutch, are you? 
Well, you know what? Change in uh, some blood, you know, makes a difference, doesn't No, they would have done better to hold on to Kutch if, if only through the end of this contract. But I do believe, and I've said this repeatedly, that the Pirates record won't be a lot worse next year because uh, Cody Dickerson will roughly replace what McCutcheon did and just about anybody can replace what Garrett Cole did last year. I know Garrett Cole had the great outing in his first start with Houston Astros. You know what Garrett Cole showed me, and I watched some of that game, his debut with Houston. Now he cares. In Pittsburgh, he just got frustrated. In Houston, pitching for a good team, he will compete. Big difference there. Let's go to Barry in Green Tree. Barry, you're on with these super genius. Mark, you there? Uh, yes, I am here, oddly enough, since you called this number, and I tend to pick it up at some point. What do you want? Uh, what do you think uh, the Pens need to do this uh, postseason? What do, you, what do they need to improve on? Why on earth do we want to talk about the postseason when there's still a Stanley Cup to be competed for, a third straight Stanley Cup? Now, you see, you're one of those kids who calls, and you think you're funny, and you say something stupid, and your friends laugh because none of you are wearing any pants. Is that correct? No, I'm just, I just want to talk to you and see what your opinion Okay, is. so you're organically stupid. I mean... Goodbye, dork. Why on earth would anybody want to talk about the Penguins are going to do in the offseason when they're about to start the chase of a third straight Stanley Cup? One thing about this show, it should be the... If this show ever has an epitaph, here's what should be inscribed on the tombstone did not suffer fools gladly. Dear God, between Dorkasaurus just calling up and wanting to see what the Penguins are going to do in the offseason, and then the jackass who played high school baseball at Freeport and thinks he could coach the Pirates, the days are getting longer. Oh, yeah. They're getting longer. 412-333-9939. This is the Mark Madden Show. We got Dejan at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up, brother? Hey, Double M. Well, I love Sally Wiggum, but not as much as soccer. That's the best thing I've almost ever heard. The X at 105.9. Earlier in the show, I talked about how it would be ludicrous for the Steelers to draft a quarterback like Lamar Jackson of Louisville in the first round to anoint him Ben Roethlisberger's successor. I think it would be ludicrous for the Steelers to take anything but an inside backer with that first pick. I know they've always been a best athlete available type of team. That's been their philosophy, and it has worked. But with Ben's clock ticking at most three years, and maybe less, I think you've got to look at your window and draft specifically for that window, period. Now, here's another point of view. Uh, Nate Davis of USA Today proposes the Steelers uh, make a trade with the Seahawks, which would they would rise up to number 18 in the draft, and Pittsburgh would take Rashawn Evans out of Alabama. He's a linebacker with the number 18 pick. I don't know, this Vander Esch from Boise State they've been talking to at 28? I think the important thing is to get a good inside linebacker. And I'll be honest. I think the one you get at 28 wouldn't necessarily be that much worse than the one you get at 18. That's where the Steelers are a bit lucky. There are two positions of need for me. 
or inside linebacker first and foremost, and after that running back because this Bell situation is still on shaky ground, and the window next year, Bell won't be in Pittsburgh. You need a guy to succeed him and to play some this year because Bell gets hurt, he gets suspended, he shows up late, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I, I would I would just go inside linebacker and running back. We got days on at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Chocho in Dormont. Chocho. Hey, You're- Mike. Mark, how are you doing? Good. Love your show. You tell them like it is choo-choo, not cho-cho. Oh, anyway. choo-choo, cho-cho. Yeah, tomato, good. tomato. Yeah. But, no, Le'Veon Bell is a thing. I know what he's doing. He did it last year. He got busted. If you're not signed, they can't drug test you, can they? Oh, no. They have no right to drug test you right. uh, he, while you're not under contract. it up and stuff. I mean, I work Oh, no, he may well be smoking it up and stuff. And, uh, and that's a part of skipping this and skipping that and not showing up. Right, but then at the then they got it. He's in shape, so he can get it out quick because he don't have a lot of body fat. That's how that works. You seem to know an awful lot about how to get marijuana out of your system, Choo Choo. Yeah, I work construction. I'm not a saint, uh, but I'm not <laughs> asked. For, I I okay. made hourly wages. I didn't get didn't want seventeen million a year. Do you get drug tested for the construction business? Yeah, we started one years ago. Do you started. really? Yes. I, I, I don't know why that's necessary. What with you guys working on girders and carrying around yes, yes. big concrete blocks and, and, and stuff? No, I was a boilermaker. There was iron workers. You know, it, it was heavy. Construction. What a coincidence. I drank a few boilermakers. Yeah, I know. It's, I have, too. They taught me how to drink. But anyway, no, it, it's – but don't give them – Rooney got to step in between Tomlin and Colbert. And say we got to get rid of this guy somehow. Nah, you got. You know what? There's no upside to get rid of him before this season. This yeah, will know, be his but... last season, but it also has to be his last season. Let's go to Valerie in Wexford. Valerie, you're on the Mark Madden show. Are you? Valerie, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Well, go ahead and talk then. Oh hi. Uh, uh, I want to ask you a question about Livion Bell. Okay. Uh, first, first of all, I I totally agree that he's acting like an idiot, and he can't seem to get his. Well, Valerie, let me let me clarify. He he's 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 tweeting and IGing and Facebooking, social media ing like an idiot. In terms of him yeah. not signing the tender, that's his right. In terms of him not showing right. up for OTAs and minicamp and training camp, that's his right. He is not oh, an employee I- of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but. But one minute he says that Pittsburgh made him a man. The next minute he says Pittsburgh's villainizing him. Which is it? Make up your mind. Don't be stupid. You look like a flake, and the town is losing a lot of respect for Le'Veon Bell. I 100% agree, but I want to ask you, setting those things aside, the social media things aside, do you think that given his talent and what he contributes to the team, that he deserves the $17 million he's asking for? No. No running back in football. Given the state of the league as a passing league, d- deserves seventeen point five million. It, it, you know he wants the same as Antonio Brown gets. It's a passing league. Brown's an elite receiver, and might I add, Brown grew up a lot this past year. He got the money, and then he said, "You know what? Better be an adult." He wasn't nearly as distracting as he was. Where Le'Veon Bell has shifted into overdrive when it comes to being distracting. I, I just think Le'Veon Bell's a putz. There's no denying. <laughs> His uh, ability, but he's a dork. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Valerie. Not often we use technical terms like putz and dork 
in close proximity of each other, but uh, it seemed to be applicable there. Uh, uh, by the way, a Penguin note from today, Broussard didn't practice, Ronnie didn't practice, Kessel did practice. I'm worried about Broussard being back for the start of the playoffs. It's not good that he's not practicing yet, but uh, then again, there's no need to hurry him back. If he doesn't play Friday, if he doesn't get a game in the season finale before the playoffs, then again, if he doesn't play Thursday, why play him Friday? Depends on what it means Friday, I guess. And one thing people don't get about injuries, people always think, well, if he can play Friday, he can certainly play Thursday. No, sometimes not. You can make a lot of progress on an injury in a 24-hour period, given treatment. Now, that said, we don't know what Broussard's injury is, and we won't ever know what any of the injuries are, especially now come playoff time. Let's go to Jake in the car. Jake, you're on with Double M. You're on the air. If Rooney were to decide that he was fed up with Le'Veon Bell, what are the odds you think that no other team would pick him up for the franchise tender this year? No, no other team can franchise tender him. The Steelers, you know, have his rights now in terms of the tender. If he leaves the Steelers, he's a free agent, period. And he'd sign somewhere, he was- but if they rescinded the tag, let's say after he failed to show up for the start of the season, he, he wouldn't get much of a deal. He'd get a one-year deal, I think, somewhere for not much money. And then if he gets hurt, you know, his long-term prospects would be shot to crap. I'm not sure Le'Veon Bell's long-term prospects with any team are that good, and I know he won't get 17 mil per year. I know he won't get 15 mil per year. I'll be surprised if he tops out any higher than what the Steelers offered him, which is $13.3 million per year. It's just not that kind of league anymore, and this is a back that despite his production and his versatility, he's been suspended twice for pot, and he has a lot of wear and tear. The tires might be about to fall off. He's been a workhorse dating all the way back to Michigan State. So while he's young, his body's older than that. Let's go to Christian in the car. Christian, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. I had a question about the franchise tag, and I may have heard this from uh, Pursuta on DVE, but is there are there different types of franchise tags? Like, is he able to... I think it was like a non-exclusive franchise yeah, yeah, tag. Yeah, there's a uh, boy, there's a non-exclusive franchise tag, but they're not going to apply that. It's too late because the big money's already been spent in free agency. Is there if he has a good year after this year, are they is there a Oh, they could franchise him again, but I think next year the franchise price would go up to like 20 million. Oh, okay. All right. And they're not okay. paying him 20 million. Yeah. Got it. Well, let me Thanks, tell you. Mark. I think they're very hesitant to pay him the 14.5 He'll get under the franchise tag this year, but I just think they see an opportunity to win, and they think it would be a lot tougher if, if he wasn't a running back. Yeah, if it was a non-exclusive franchise tag, uh, another team could sign him, and the Steelers could match. If the Steelers didn't match, they'd get two first-round draft picks from the team that signs him. And I have kind of wondered why the Steelers don't do that, because there's just no risk there. Then again, unless he does go somewhere, the Steelers don't match, and you have two first-round picks, which would be great, but then you don't have a running back for this year. The Steelers have played this right. Le'Veon Bell, year by year, given his workload, given his stupidity, given the suspensions, having him year by year, as long as you can have him year by year, is what's best for the Steelers. The Steelers have played this exactly right. 
412-333-9939. Joining me next in studio from DKPittsburghSports.com is Dejan Kovacevic here on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I would want total and absolute autonomy. Hey, Mark. Great show. Are you part psychic? Well, I'm actually more neurotic than psychic. The X at 105.9. Joining me now in studio... The constructor and conductor of DKPittsburghSports.com. It's Serbian reactionary Dayon Kovacevic. Dayon, how big is home ice for the Penguins, and how big is tomorrow night's game at Columbus? Well, it shouldn't be on either count. I've not been able to understand as many road games as I've done this year uh, why they look as different as they do, why the results have been different. There have been times when I've been tempted to just put it on the goaltending uh, and not so much Matt Murray as much as Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. They've gotten some road assignments and they haven't gone well. But even that doesn't add up. You know, they went into Detroit last week and couldn't handle the Red Wings. Uh, it just it makes no sense. That yeah, so that makes the game really big. I think it. I think it is. Well, I think so too. Uh, I think given the disparity between their home and road record, I think given the the situation they could find themselves in. With opponents, I think if they lose this game, even if they win their finale Friday, they could easily drop into a wild card and wind up playing Washington. Yeah, and then it starts getting a little bit more challenging. But at the same time... I think Washington would flinch against Pittsburgh more than Pittsburgh would flinch against Washington, though. Yeah, and I think Columbus would flinch against either. So, you know, there's all kinds of matchups there um, that ultimately are still going to end up favoring the Stanley Cup champions I just, you know, first-round matchups don't interest me that much, you know, because now, as we've seen for two years, the Penguins have to win all four rounds. It's going to get tough at some point or other. You'd like them to build up some kind of momentum since things have gotten a little bit inconsistent here of late, particularly with the penalty killing and some of the defensive work. But ultimately, they're going to have to beat all of them anyway. And look, it's not like, and this is the part that's mystifying, it's not like the core of this group hasn't had immense success on the road, not least of which is Game 6 in San Jose and Game 6 in Nashville. It's not like they went out into Detroit and said, wow, look, man, this place is all red. It's scary. I can't win here. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Where are the Penguins lacking right now? I don't think they're playing horribly, but that edge just isn't there, at least not consistently. Their edge comes from the back line. And that doesn't just mean the defense. That means all of them coming back. And that's just what they haven't done on a consistent basis. When they've done it, Mark, they've looked the way they're supposed to look against anybody, regardless of the quality of the opponent, uh, good or bad. But they haven't done it. Uh, I like the fact that uh, Mike Sullivan today had Chad Ruedel back into the top six. Uh, I think you need to start setting up the way you're going to look for playoffs. I think they wanted to give Matt Hunwick maybe one last gasp. You know, and it went okay. You know, he is what he is. I don't know that that's going to just magically turn itself around. But they need to become a team that presses hard on the back end, presses collectively as a team on the back end. And from there, the offense just comes. That's what's missing. The PK worries me. That too. Uh, 70% <laughs> since Cole left because that's not something you fix overnight. You just don't show up one day and you're great on the PK. Is something you build to and get better and better at. Although they, they, they did a decent job killing penalties, uh, even in the loss to Washington. They are convinced. They are convinced, Mark, these guys, that it's not as bad as it looks. It's not as bad as the results. They're looking at video. They're looking at the way the goals are being given up. 
uh, and they see some fluky bounces. They see, you know, a ricochet here or there. Um, I'm not as convinced. I, I've seen at times where uh, they're not getting in the lanes that they need to to keep the puck from getting in the middle of the ice, and that was plain and simple, the formula for success that they had in the past two playoff runs, especially once they got deeper. But you look at them now, I think there's another variable in this. I don't know that they're getting the big save. I mean, who's your most valuable penalty killer? Oh, it's the goalie. By the same token, when I hear like Tommy Kuhnhockel said, well, we're doing great killing penalties, and once in a while a seeing eye shot no, no, sneaks no, no, through. No, no. Uh, then again, uh, not that Matt Murray couldn't make a few more good saves. He's making his share on the PK, though, so... I think in terms of puck luck for the Penguins PK, that's evened out, yeah. and they're still at seventy percent. And and puck luck also again is minimized by keeping the puck out of the middle, and that's done in large part by players like Ian Cole, who I'm sure is all you know, everybody's going to be talking about over the next twenty four hours. But he was a legitimately big part of that. Is he as big a part as some are making it now? No. Well, no, he, he, was. He, he was a very big part of the PK, and that's it. Yes. That, that's, that's where his Oh, that's his not boss fair. Is. That's not fair. You know, that's a good five-on-five five hockey player. A replaceable five-on-five five hockey player. But a very just, good penalty Just killer. like Nick Benino got replaced. Just, you know, it just, it just, you know, I used to laugh and roll my eyes when Mike Sullivan, however privately, would complain that Cole talked to the media too much. Yes, he does. But this is the revenue the residue, pardon me, of him having done that because he was so omnipresent, he seemed to the fans to be a bigger loss than he was. Yeah, I mean, when when Ian Cole was in there talking about, you know, eating Roman Yossi's slap shot and everything, it kind of elevates you in, in the, the folklore, you know? Um, and, and yeah, Sullivan was bugged by that quite a bit. We're talking to Dejan Kovacevic from DKPittsburghSports.com. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill. Dejan, uh... Who do the Penguins want to play in the first round of the playoffs, and who don't they want to play? I think if you were the Penguins and you had to pick a team, I don't even know if this matchup's even possible, but you're just saying like anybody out of the East? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you'd pay, play Philadelphia. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're going to face a team that doesn't have a goalie. If you beat Columbus mm-hmm. and Philadelphia wins their last two games, Philly would jump over Columbus. There you go. I mean, facing a team that doesn't have a goaltender – uh, you know, you can't get much better than that. And the Flyers have a lot of good things going for them, but that undoes all of it. Right. They cannot score some teams, but not the Penguins. I mean, not without a goalie. They conceded yeah. five goals in each game to the Penguins this year. Not five goals per on average. You know, we're, we're a, a seven yeah, goal yeah, game, yeah. Or eight goal game jacked it up. Five goals in every single game. Uh, otherwise, though, again, you know, you look at Columbus and, you know, they're a house on fire right now. We've seen that from them. Okay, we got knocked off the air for a second. We were talking about Columbus, but we won't anymore because they stink. Uh, at least I think they're <laughs> overrated. Now, what about Washington, Dejon? Are they underrated? And and by that, I mean underrated by Penguins fans. They, I, I, yeah. they lost some guys over the offseason. Holtby's falling apart, but they still won the division, and Ovi's had a great bounce-back season. Yeah, and I think that uh, I'm guilty of underrating the Capitals. I know that. I, I thought that losing Marcus Johansson, losing Justin Williams, and then keeping TJ Oshie for the bazillion dollars was going to be a really difficult thing to overcome for the Caps. They put some young bodies in there. They're actually a little bit faster. Did you think that the other night than, than what they were in the past? 
A little bit. Yeah, and 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 watching that. I, I don't know about faster because their defense still is not better. as slow as maybe the term yeah, that I want to use. Maybe I saw guys getting a jump on the puck, being mm-hmm. quicker to the puck, maybe. Yeah, and and I think that's something that they the, the Penguins would just cream them on uh, in that capacity over the past two playoffs. So that said, again, we're talking about goaltending here. Holtby clearly isn't going to be Barry Trotz's guy. It's going to be Philip Grubauer, and Philip Grubauer is a career journeyman backup. You know. So I don't mean to dismiss, you know, the Penguins' first-round opponents here, whoever they might end up playing, but they're still the Penguins, you know? And if they do, I'm going to sound like Sullivan here, but if they play the game the right way, their right way, they're just fine. Why do Penguins fans appear to fear New Jersey? I know the Devils got speed and Taylor Hall, but what else do they have? Um, I don't know that it's anything but that. Because if you look at the Penguins season, one of the strange patterns that's formed, and it wasn't just New Jersey, the Panthers would give them all kinds of trouble because of all the speed and skill they had up front. The Islanders, even though they, they had their wins against the Islanders, the Islanders scored a bunch of goals against them. Uh, those teams have given the Penguins problems. They've made the Penguins look slow even though the Penguins aren't slow. And I could see where, from a fan standpoint, you look out there and go, whoa, (laughs) I don't want to be facing any of that, you know? Dejan, is there a clear-cut favorite in Eastern Conference? Is it it one of the Tampas or the Bostons? uh, You see, that's why I have a hard time picking against the Penguins because I think Tampa and Boston in a series against Pittsburgh right now would be marginally favored, but only marginally so. And no team has Sid and Geno. And the Penguins do. Yeah, that's that's the big variable here. I go back and forth on Tampa and Boston. I still lean toward Tampa, not just because the Lightning beat the Bruins 4 nothing last night. Um, I, I just think they have amazing depth uh, at forward and on defense. I know Andre, Andre Vasilevsky hasn't been the best version of himself over the past month, but they still got everything. But the Bruins are, I mean, they're they're keeping pace, really, with the Blue Jackets the way they've played over the past month, but... When your best playoff pickup at the deadline is a guy who's turtled from playoffs throughout his whole career, meaning Rick Nash, of course, you haven't exactly helped yourself that much, and they're yeah, about to find that out. Yeah, but McAvoy's really coming into his own. Yep. They added that the Nato kid from the Olympics. They, they've, they've improved throughout the season, they both have. in terms of uh, you know improvement as a team, as individuals, and a couple shrewd ads. Like, yeah. You're right, Rick Nash... Can't be your big ad, but maybe he'll be good enough. Yeah, and especially since the Bruins still have, similar to the Penguins, that same core core of guys who won cups with them, with Patrice Bergeron, uh, Brad Marchand, and those guys, Tuka Rask. They know how to win. They've been there. Um, That said, again, the Penguins are the Penguins until they're not. You know, I mean, I I just, I, I don't see favoring another one of these teams if the Penguins do the right things. Now, now, you mentioned Latang earlier and how he has to mm-hmm. kind of uh, come to the fore and be the captain of the defense. And I agree. I don't think, he does. I don't think Tanger's been terrible. I think he needs to be a bit better. Does Matt Murray also need to be a bit better? I think he's played pretty good, but more than that is required now. Yeah, I think he needs to be that version of himself that when he came back uh, from, from his uh, father's passing, whenever he was completely locked in, when he gets, he has to have a little bit of a. A chip to him, I think, Mark. I think we've seen that in the past couple of playoff runs where he loses a game, but he always comes back and wins the next one. Um, that's been his M.O. 
Uh, he needs to find that. I think he needs to find that before the playoffs start. I mean, tomorrow against Columbus would be a pretty nice place, obviously, for that to happen, especially considering who's going to be at the other end. Is there more pressure because the Penguins are trying to win number three in a row or less pressure because they've already won the last two? Boy, I, I, you mean, it's a good question, right? Yeah, it really is. but in, Internally. In, internally, I, I just don't get that. I, I think that... They're, I don't, they don't see it as gravy time, but I think they see it as legacy time. And I think they see that as a well, positive. Well, if they see it as legacy time, then there is pressure. Yeah, there's pressure. If it's pressure. gravy time, there's not pressure. There's pressure. I, but I also think that um, that can be a good thing. Um, you know, Going way back here, the 92-93 team that we all talk about, they had some pressure, but I don't know that it was legacy pressure like this um, because you know it, dynasties back then were actually kind of common. And if the Penguins had won three in a row, it would have been, oh, here's just another team like the Islanders and the Oilers just before them and the Canadiens. Um, this one is looking to do something that's, for the most part, if you consider the salary cap era and everything, unprecedented. One quick Steeler question, Dejan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a mock draft that had them picking Lamar Jackson, the quarterback, in the first round. I think that's absurd. Is there any good path for the Steelers to take with that first pick other than inside linebacker? Uh, you know, I could make an argument uh, in in favor of safety. Still, I, I think you could pull that off so long as you found your playmaker. But no, <laughs> I mean, really, there just isn't. I mean, you need an inside linebacker who's a playmaker, who's a wild card. You need Ryan Shazier. I mean, I mean, I say that with all due respect. Ryan Shazier, uh, to me, was a great football player, and you know, hopefully, he still is again someday. That's Dejan Kovacevic. Brought to you by Walnut Grill. It's not time to ask Mark anything. Anything, anything, the key word being anything. 412-333-WXDX. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. The Ask Mark Anything segment brought to you by Chipino Restaurant Cigar Bar. Check out their Super Genius Burger. It's in the strip. It's the best seafood in Chop House going today. Woo! We can't do it because we're having technical difficulties and I can't take calls. But we should look on the bright side. Liverpool beat Man City 3-0 in the first leg of the Champions League quarterfinals. Up next, the Coach Mike Sullivan Show. 105.9 to X.